Okay. Jaya Radha Madhava Kunjambikari Jaya Radha Madhava Conversation, which is at least coming from Tardamuni's side, and we're on 321. It's a three part verse 52, 53, 54. The Devanagar was on a rope, so, um, and nobody has, okay, so I'll just chant the verse and then we'll do word for word. Translation and so forth. Nayadavata Mastaya Jaitram Manigat Janartikam This poor judge Chanda Kodando Retaina Prasayamakha Svaisanya Charanakush Svaisanya Charanakush Shunam 
Vetayan Nagalambuvaha Vitarshan Vrihatim Senam Paryakas Yamsumaniva Tadayava Sikavaksarave Varnashama Vivandana Vandana Bhagavad Rachita Rajan Vidyeran Bhattadus Dasyubhati Word for words Na Na Nada when Ratam the chariots Astaya having mounted Jaitram victorious money of jewels Gana with clusters Arpitam beget this Purjat twanging Chanda a fearful sound just to punish the criminals Kodandaha Bow Ratena by the presence of such a chariot Trasayam threatening Alham, all the culprits. Svasanya, of your soldiers. Charana, by the feet. Kshunam, trampled. Devayam, causing to tremble. Mangalam, the globe. Bhubaha of the earth, Vikarsham, Lean, Vrihatim, Huge, Senam, Army, Paryatasi, You roam about, Angshuman, the brilliant sun, Eva, like Sada, then Eva, certainly Setavaha, religious codes, Sarve, all, Varna, of Varnas, Ashrama, of ashrams, Nibandanaha, obligations, Bhagavat, by the Lord, Rachitaha, created, Rajan, O King, Vidyeram, they would be broken, Bhata, Alas, Dasyubahi, by rogues. And Srimadhapa's translation to those three verses reads, Now this is Kardamuni addressing Svayambhubhamana. If you did not mount your victorious jeweled chariot, whose mere presence threatens culprits, if you did not produce fierce sounds by the twanging of your bow, and if you did not roam about the world like the brilliant sun, leading a huge army whose trampling feet caused the globe of the earth to tremble, then all the moral laws governing the varnas and ashrams created by the Lord himself would be broken by the rogues and rascals. Please repeat. If you did not mount your victorious jeweled chariot, whose mere presence threatens culprits, if you did not produce fierce sounds by the twanging of your bow, and if you did not roam about the world like the brilliant sun, 
leading a huge army, whose trampling feet caused the globe of the earth to tremble. Then all the moral laws governing the varnas and ashrams created by the Lord Himself would be broken by the rogues and rascals. So this is a real juicy three-part, uh, three verses in a row. And Shiva doesn't miss the opportunity to preach very strongly about Varnashram, I titled the class, The Lord's Varnashram Design. Like the Christians talk about intelligent design, creation science. So, um, uh, but this is really getting more detailed about what the design is. Prabhupada's purport it is the duty of a responsible king to protect the social and spiritual orders in human society. So right off the bat, it ain't one. I'll read that again. It is the duty of a responsible king to protect the social and spiritual orders in human society. So we don't have any experience with that in Kali Yuga. Right? Because in Kali Yuga, power corrupts, absolute power corrupts absolutely, so all those getting by your head. The spiritual orders are divided into four ashrams, Brahmacharya, Grihastha, Vanaprastha, and Sanyas. And the social orders, according to work and qualification, are made up of the Brahmanas, Chatriyas, Vaishyas, and Shudras. These social orders, according to the different grades of work and qualification, are described in Bhagavad Gita. Unfortunately, for want of proper protection by responsible kings, the system of social and spiritual orders has now become a hereditary caste system. So that's basically how it got corrupted. Instead of um, divisions by quality and work, it's now division by just birth, you know, privilege. People are claiming so much power and privilege based on their birth. They might be robes and rascals. Robes and robes and rascals. Yeah. Okay. But this is not the actual system. Human society means that society which is making progress. The human society means that society which is making progress toward spiritual realization. The most advanced human society was known as Arya. Arya refers to those who are advancing, not those who are white, blonde-haired, blue-eyed. That was Hitler's idea. He took the swastik, inverted it, and his philosophy also inverted what Arya meant. Um, so the question is, which society is advancing? Advancement does not mean creating material, quote, necessities unnecessarily, and thus wasting human energy in aggravation over so-called material comforts. Real advancement is advancement toward spiritual realization, and the community which acted toward this end was known as the Aryan civilization. So one, uh, uh, yeah, I forget who it was. Anyway, some archaeologist said, well, where are the, where are the remnants of this? Where's the, where are the Colosseums and the Parthenons and the, and the, and the graves of these things? So the Prophet said, we, because we didn't think the Aryans don't think they're the body, they were, uh, what do you call it, cremated. Everything was cremated. And they didn't measure their civilization in terms of the, the how many stories there were in the building. That wasn't standard. But the remnants are the Vedic literature. That's the remnants. Uh, the intelligent men, the Brahmanas, as, as exemplified by Cardinal Muni, were engaged in advancing the spiritual cause. And Chatriyas, like emperors, fine Buddha, used to rule the country and ensure that all facilities 
for a spiritual realization were nicely provided. It is the duty of the king to travel all over the country and see that everything is in order. Indian civilization on the basis of the four varnas and ashrams deteriorated because of her, of her meaning India's, dependency on foreigners or those who did not follow the civilization of Varnashram, especially in recent member of the British. Thus the Varnashram system has now been degraded into the caste system. The institution of four varnas and four ashrams is confirmed herewith to be Bhagavad Rachita, which means, quote, designed by the Supreme Personality of Godhead. In Bhagavad Gita, this is also confirmed, Shatra Varnam Mayashastam. The Lord says that the institution of four varnas and four ashrams, quote, is created by me. Anything created by the Lord cannot be closed or covered. In other words, it's there anyway, but in a perverted form. The divisions of varnas and ashrams will continue to exist, either in their original form or in some degraded form. But because they are created by the Lord, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, they cannot be extinguished. They are like the sun, a creation of God, and therefore will remain. Either covered by clouds or in a clear sky, the sun will continue to exist. Similarly, when the varnashram system becomes degraded, it appears as a hereditary caste system. But in every society, there is an intelligent class of men, a martial class, a mercantile class, and a laboring class. So it's just perversely reflected in material culture. When they are regulated for cooperation among communities, according to the Vedic principles, then there is peace and spiritual advancement. But when there is hatred and malpractice, and mutual mistrust in the caste system, the whole system becomes degraded. And as stated herein, it creates a deplorable state. At the present moment, the entire world is in this deplorable condition because of giving rights to so many interests, in other words, interests separate from Christian interests. So many uh, separatist interests, so many conditions sold, don't want to hear about God interests. This is due to the degradation of the four castes of Varnas and Ashrams. Shiva Mahaparaki? Jai. Om Ajnana Timurandasya Jnana Anjana Shalakaya Chakshuram Militam Jena Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha. I was born in the darkest ignorance, and my spiritual master is kindly opening my eyes with the torch of knowledge. Not that I respect the basis of opinion. So, yeah, um, the Lord's Varnashram design. So, the first thing that struck me about was the verse where, uh, let me just turn to the reference here. If you look at the verse, the way Manu or Kardamamuni is. Uh, Praising Manu, it's a very interesting way he's doing it. Uh, and it relates to something in the Gita. So, okay, Kardamuni praises Manu with a conditional negative. Listen to, that. Listen to the verse again. It's all, he's praising him by conditional negatives. If you did not mount your victorious, if, condition, if you did not mount your victorious, if you did not, negative. Uh, your victorious jewel chariot, whose mere presence threatened culprits, if you, and then it's another one, if you did not produce fierce sounds by the twining of your bow, and if you did not roam about the world like the brilliant sun, leading a huge army whose trampling feet caused the globe of the earth to tremble, then all the moral laws governing the varnas and ashrams created by the Lord himself would be broken by the robes and rascals. But Manu is doing that. So, but uh, Karnav is, is using this, it's a, it's a praise using a conditional negative. Now, Krishna also uses the conditional negative in, um, in the third chapter of the Gita. And it's really interesting. First of all, in the series, Krishna, well, the very first thing he talks about in karma yoga, it's how to act. 
So it's the part of the third chapter where Krishna is saying that even kings like Janaka and others attain the perfection solely by performance of prescribed duties. Therefore, just for the sake of educating the people in general, you should perform your work. Krishna is kind of trying to convince Arjuna to do his dharma as a chapter. And then, famous verse, whatever action a great man performs, common men follow. And whatever standards he sets by exemplary acts, all the world pursues. So that's positive. And now, he applies a conditional negative to himself. And uh, for the next two verses. O Sanaprita, there is no work prescribed for me within all the three planetary systems. Nor am I in want of anything, nor have I need to obtain anything, and yet I am engaged in prescribed duties. Excuse me, it's the next two verses. For if I ever failed, if I ever failed to engage in per carefully performing prescribed duties, O Partha, certainly all men would follow my path. That's why I don't have anything to do with this Varnashram system, but I'm the leader. So everybody follows the leader, um, grossly or subtly. And that's why like social commentators are pointing out that the reason the social discourse has degraded so much is because even if you don't like who's the leader in America, there's a subtle contamination of, of the discourse. It's contaminating the whole discourse. So Chris is saying, uh, certainly all men, if I didn't, do set the right example. Certainly all men would follow my path. And then he says, if I did not perform prescribed duties, all these worlds would be put to ruination. I would be the cause of creating unwanted population. And I would thereby destroy the peace of all human beings. So he's so what to speak of you, Arjuna, you know, I'm doing this, so you should you should also follow the leader. But following and imitating are two different things. And that's why when we hear uh, Krishna's daily activities, I wanted to read it, but I realized I read it just a few classes ago. When Krishna gets up and he rises from bed, when the cocks crow uh, at the Brahma Mohorta, and much to the chagrin of Rukmini, who just wants to keep embracing Krishna, but Krishna just, he's up. And what's the first thing he does? He meditates on himself. <laughs> Because there's no one else to meditate on. And so, and then Prabhupada makes it very clear that uh, this doesn't mean we should meditate on ourselves. Krishna, he's the complete whole, and we're his parts and parcels, so we have to meditate on him as the complete whole. So, there's a vast difference between following and meditating. Okay. Um, Yeah. Now, in his in Prabhupada's purport to this three verse, this triple verse, in his purport to today's text, Srila Prabhupada also cites Krishna's Gita Varnashram verse to show how Krishna is both its creator and unaffected or, or aloof from its consequences. So, we all know that you know the verse, you can chime in. Chaturvanyam mayashishtam gunakarma vipavishaha tasyakartaram apimam vipyakartaram avyayam What does it mean? According to the three modes of material nature and the work ascribed to them, the four divisions of human society were created by me, and although I am the creator of this system, you should know that I am yet the non-doer, being unchangeable. In other words, although Krishna designed this for our reclamation and our redemption, he doesn't need reclaiming and redemption. So even though he's the, he, he acts in it to set an example, like what an ideal Grihastha does he, in Dwarka, he's acting like that. But he's not really bound. He doesn't really have to. But he... He, he, in another sense, he, he, he's compelled to because he wants to set a good example to help us because he's compassionate. Even though we run away from him, he's, he wants to give us a, a good way to get back. So listen to this purport, and then we're going to look not only at the purport, but at Borijan Prabhu's comments on the purport in Surrender Unto Me. Highly recommended. Do we have this in the book? In the no, okay. I highly recommend. Maybe I should 
I will donate it then if I'm hungry. <laughs> I should make an order. I'm sure it's uh, at the DBT or at Kushnagar. Surrender unto me, some. That's how they know it's the code. S U M, some. It's, it's Orijan Prabhu's landmark Gita study guide. He came out from Prabhupada's um, centennial year. It's <coughs> still the best study guide there is. Unless you want to get into a linguistic study guide, then you go to Redan Dhanamaj. And you can parse all the Sanskrit and with Maharaj. But I like, I'm using this actually right now to make this uh, experiential Gita course for Knoxville, experimental. Because Burijan has gone to Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur and Baladevi Bhushan to, to show the connection between chapters, between sections within the chapters, and even uh, within the verses, the acharyas show you the connections between uh, the thoughts of Krishna and Arjuna in the verses. It's pretty, it's, it's about as granular as you can get. It's about as deep as you can drill through the eyes of uh, the previous Acharya. Okay, so let's look at um, the relevant Varna of Arnashram, as Prabhupada does take off from there. But let's hear Prabhupada's purport of the famous Varnashram verse. Purport. The Lord is the creator of everything. Everything is born of Him. Everything is sustained by Him. And everything after annihilation rests in Him. He is therefore the creator of the four divisions of the social order. Beginning with the intelligent class of men, technically called Brahmanas, due to their being situated in the mode of goodness. Next is the administrative class, technically called the Chakras, due to their being situated in the mode of passion. The mercantile men, called the Vaishas, are situated in the mixed modes of passion and ignorance, and the Shudras, or laborer class, are situated in the ignorant mode of material nature. Now, in spite of his creating the four divisions of human society, Lord Krishna does not belong to any of these divisions, because he is not one of the conditioned souls, a section of whom form human society. And Prabhupada says, human society is similar to any other animal society, but to elevate men from the animal status, the above-mentioned divisions are created by the Lord for the systematic development of Krishna consciousness. So by you know, the Aryan standard, by Vedic standard, a society is not even human until you come to this Varnashram, uh, dividing the society into four social orders, and until there's, until the, and the society is guided by the leaders through these different stages of life. Student, family, retired, renounced. So, by that standard, no wonder Prabhupada said, uh, today's so-called civilized man is lower than the lowest animal, because we're just really chasing, eating, sleeping, and eating, and defending. We're not progressing. The tendency of a particular person toward work is determined by the modes of material nature which he has acquired. Such symptoms of life according to the different modes of material nature are described in the 18th chapter of this book. Some Christians does revisit that with the Brahmins, Chaturias, Vashishudras, qualities and work. <laughs> and now Srila Prabhupada takes it beyond Varnashram to pure Krishna consciousness, which is the um, which is the the goal of Daiva, transcendental Varnashram. A person in Krishna consciousness, however, is above even the Brahmanas. Although Brahmanas by quality are supposed to know about Brahman, the supreme absolute truth, most of them approach only the impersonal Brahman, manifestation of Lord Krishna. But a man who transcends the limited knowledge of a Brahmana and reaches the knowledge of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Lord Sri Krishna, becomes a person in Krishna consciousness. Or in other words, a Vaishnava. Okay. I'll just finish. This is a few more words. 
Krishna consciousness includes knowledge of all the different plenary expansions of Krishna, namely Rama, Nrsinga, Varaha, and so forth. And as Krishna is transcendental to this system of the four divisions of human society, a person in Krishna consciousness is also transcendental to all divisions of human society. Whether we consider the divisions of community, nation, or species. So ultimately we're not spirit souls. We're beyond, as Lord Chaitanya said, we're beyond Brahman, Chaitanya, Vaishnava, and the spiritual orders. But that takes uh, participating in Krishna's system to get there. To get the degree, you got to go to the university. In rare cases, you can be granted an honorary degree, but the normal system you can go through, you matriculate, you pay your fees, you study hard, you pass your test, then you get your degree. So, okay, um, and now, let's look at what Borijan has uh, added to Prabhupada's purport, based on the comments of the previous acharya. <coughs> So, keeping that purple, we just heard in mind Borjan's um, comments through the previous acharyas. The Varnashram system's purpose is to help elevate everyone from material consciousness to Krishna consciousness. Although the Varnashram system was created by Krishna, it is not he who placed the jivas within that system. We've already, we've, we already desired we're responsible for our desire. That's how we're to do. That's how we do. We do by desire. And then Krishna is so kind that uh, you know he gives us a place, of, as I like to say, to act out the desires. But then he gives us this whole um, beautiful way of life to act out those desires, purify them, get them out of our system, and then come to him. It is not he who placed the jivas within that system. This fact was mentioned in text eleven. This is interesting that two verses previous to this verse, 413, 4.11, all of them, as they surrender unto me, I reward them accordingly. Everyone follows my path in all respects, so son of Gita. So as we desire, Krishna rewards us with a certain capacity to act and think and will. Krishna, as the impartial super-soul, reciprocates with the desires of the living entity. He always remains the non-doer. He's not doing it to us, <laughs> but he's facilitating our desires within those stringent laws of karma. And he does not directly reward anyone the fruits of work. This is all done by uh, the modes of nature. In addition, Krishna himself is always transcendental to the Varnashram system, despite the fact that he, while in this world, follows the prescribed duties of his varna and ashram. Even while acting as though he is under, even while acting as though he is under Varnashram, he does not act within it. In that sense, Krishna is also the non-doer or non-actor in relationship to the Varnashram. As he is already transcendental, he is therefore not elevated by following the system, although he follows it. But it's not, you know, he's just showing an example. And when he goes to Sandipani Mani School, Sandipani Muni School. And when he's, you know, acting as an ideal householder in Dwarka. Prabhupada confirms this by saying, quote, In spite of his creating the four divisions of human society, Krishna does not belong to any of these divisions. That I just read that in the purport. And now, uh, Borijan's comments continue. Logically, if I were to award you the fruits of your work, I must be transformed, at least on some level because I have reacted to what you have done. <laughs> I was just listening to, uh, did you get the NPR story on the, on the wardens in the prison? Most prison wardens in America are African-American ladies, believe it or not. Because although African-Americans comprise you know, about a quarter of the population, three-quarters of the prison population is African-American. So it kind of makes sense that you have a, an African-American mom as a prison warden. 
But when they have to uh, do their... The toughest... The story was about what happens when you have to condemn a person to death. And they're on death row. Uh, and then you have to be there. The warden has to be there to witness the death. And so, and then they have to put on a strong face. As though, you know, they're just doing their job. Right? And, uh, but then the story, the NPR story, was on uh, a lady who had just retired from that job. And now she's a, and she, and what she does now is she goes around and, and counsels prison wardens <laughs> on how to recover from the PTSD of witnessing all these executions. Because she knows, you know, how that impacts the person's family and just, and, and sometimes you're not even sure if, if the conviction was guilty, right? right? And that kind of stuff. So, uh, okay, so, so, so it's true. Logically, Rory John says, if I were to award you the fruits of your work, I must be transformed, at least on some level, because I have reacted to what you have done. Krishna directly says that he is not, he is the, quote, non-doer, and, quote, unchangeable, to show that he, the absolute truth, is aloof. Although he is the creator of the Varnashram system, he awards neither results nor reactions. Thus, he is neither contaminated nor transformed, because he does it through his energies, his, his, his laws of nature. He does it through the stringent laws of nature. We propose to be independent enjoyers and controllers. Okay, I'm going to give you over to my very strict disciplinarian, Maya Devi, the prison warden. She's the ultimate prison warden. And, uh, because it's her laws that govern uh, people's activities here in the material world. So Krishna is actually not directly uh, responsible. It's like Prabhupada gives the example. Sometimes if uh, the, the parents want to discipline the child, they, give, they, they let the, the uncle, the strict uncle, do it, or the strict auntie. <laughs> so there's no direct... Uh, you know, it doesn't impact the, the, the relationship with the child. You know, the, whatever it is. Like when the teacher in junior high, when I went to school, you couldn't do this now. Uh, if you were bad, then they sent you to the office where the principal would paddle you. They paddled girls, too, I remember. And they put holes in the paddle, and they put the holes in the paddle. So the, the wind resistance would be less, so it would hurt you more on your bottom. And they paddled you. Oh, they would. I mean, the teachers were mostly nice, but they, I guess they found the most sadistic guy in the school <laughs> to paddle you. Usually the vice principal. Was vice there. principal. Yeah. The vice principal, yes. My vice principal, too. John Cleary. Mine was John Cleary. Tough Irishman. <laughs> Okay, so this is inconceivable. And so then Borijan says, "This is inconceivable. How Krishna, he's, he's he creates it, but he's not directly responsible. He's one with and yet different from his energies." This is inconceivable. Krishna is the supreme personality of Godhead, the supreme controller and the cause of all causes. Yet he will not accept responsibility for everything that happens to the jivas. You know this verse? Nadate kasachit papam vachayavas onte. Actually, he gets in here a little bit. Vachayavas upkritam vibhu agyani navitam gyanam tedehu bhushan tijantava. Nor does the Supreme Spirit assume anyone's sinful or pious activities. He does not assume responsibility. Embodied beings, however, are bewildered because of the ignorance. Uh, willful, willful ignorance, which covers their real knowledge. That's very interesting. That's the last verse in the fifth chapter series, five, twelve through fourteen, where we find out who the doers are, and we're all. It's, it's three doers. There's there's the sanctioner doer. That's the super soul who who allows everything to happen. And there's the jiva doer who does by desiring. And then there's the consequences of our desiring, which is awarded to us by the modes of nature. 
So there's three doers in that sequence. And there's five doers in the 18th chapter. Okay. This is inconceivable. Okay. Uh, so Borijan says, We must each take responsibility for what happens to us, even though everything ultimately depends on Krishna. Nothing can happen without Krishna's sanction. But we're still we're responsible for how we desire within that reality, Krishna's reality. Krishna only sanctions against his own desires. He doesn't, he doesn't want us to suffer. Against his own desires. You don't really want to go there. You don't really want to... Are you sure you want to go there? <laughs> I just, oh, I just heard Bhavananda Prabhu say on the, on the, on the memory tape uh, that his memory of Prabhupada telling Krishna he didn't want to come. He didn't want to come. Yes. No, no. You just go down there and write those books. I will make all arrangements. <laughs> so this is, I mean, this is transcendental, but it's a different... Uh, but even Krishna said, no, I don't want to... Prabhupada said, I don't want to go down to that, to that nasty place. And then Bhavananda said, Prabhupada made one of those faces where his upper lip curled and his... You know, to that nasty place. No, no, don't worry, you just... So, Prabhupada surrendered to the order. And he came. Alright, so, let's see here. Again, Krishna only sanctions against his own desires. Our wayward and rebellious activities and their subsequent results, because those activities are products of the expression of our free will. So, we always scream freedom, but we forget that we're responsible, we're responsible. Uh, with freedom there comes responsibility. Krishna is undoubtedly the cause of all causes. Nothing happens without his sanction. Yet, for our rectification, he allows us to act as, as we like. He takes the seat of Kalu. Do, do as you wish to do, Arjuna. In the meantime, he awaits the time when we will turn to him and offer him loving service. Material nature awards to those who do not turn to him the pious and impious fruits of their activities. In this verse, now again, back to this, this is the Varnashram verse in the Gita. In this verse, Krishna explains that he is akarta, the non-doer. Krishna has previously explained Prakriti kriyamanani gunai karmani sarvashaha ahankara vimudhatma kartamiti manyate. Quote, the spirit soul, bewildered by the influence of false ego, thinks himself the doer of activities. But we are in, in, in a tiny, we do have a, we are responsible, but not alone. <laughs> thinks himself the doer of activities that are in actuality carried out by the three modes of material nature. So we desire, and then God disposes through the laws of nature. Our thinking of ourselves as the cause of the results of our activities, Krishna said, indicates that we are bewildered. <laughs> now Krishna tells us not only that we are not the doer, but that he is not the doer either. Who then is doing everything? Krishna sometimes takes one side of this issue and sometimes the other. At times he wants to emphasize our position as tiny souls who should not be falsely proud of our prowess or think ourselves rightfully attached to the fruits of our activities. At such times he emphasizes that we are not the doer, that we do not cause the fruits of our activities and that the results of our activities are awarded to us by material nature. That's what he wants to humble us. At other times, he emphasizes our culpability, our blame, blameworthiness, that we are responsible. He then wants us to take full responsibility for our actions and their reactions. Thus, at those times, Krishna stresses himself also as the non-doer. Doer, don't blame me. You wanted to come here? Okay. <laughs> But see, the compassion is, at the same time, he's giving us this Varnashram system to come back to him. So, Krishna's complete, perfect. 
Krishna, the material nature, and the living entities are all doers. The living entities desire to act. Krishna, as the super soul, sanctions it, and the material nature facilitates the activity. Yet the weight of responsibility for the action rests solely upon the living entity. Because we, we have free will and we, we're free to desire. So we have to take responsibility for how we desire. What do we say? Watch what we desire. Right? We might just get it. Although the living entity has no independent power to act, he initiates actions by his desires. While both the super-soul and the material nature, being neutral, facilitate their fulfillment. And then we're done. Gives a transition to the next verse. Okay, so... Okay, so the... Alright, so I just want to say that um, to end that, um, that's, it's a very natural point, how we do by desiring. And that determines our position in Varnashram. By the modes. It starts with the modes. Well, it starts with our desires. And then we're placed into a certain womb, a certain situation, a certain capacity to do uh, by our karma. So, um, but, and then I just want to end the class before we do Q&A uh, with, by saying that what we have here is Karna Muni, who's acting in the role, you know, his, his role is Brahmana. And he's starting, he's just had darshan of the Lord, and now, and he knows full well why Karna, or why Svanabhubamana has come, as I mentioned in the last class. His wife, Shatarupa, and his daughter, um, Devahuri. But he's starting the conversation by glorifying Manu, using the conditional measure. And uh, we're going to see, not in the next verse, which is tomorrow's verse, which Pharaoh has 55, but in the very last verse of the chapter. It's one of my favorite verses. Because you get a real sweet glimpse in the Var- in Krishna's Varnashram system of the real close relationship between Brahmins and Chantriyas and how they help one another. And uh, that's how the chapter ends. And then the next chapter begins with, you know, Manu responding and they have struck the real conversation begins. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, in the next two texts we will we will glimpse. Let's see. Oh, still the conditional negative continues. Yeah, just in the last verse. We get this sweet uh, relationship between Manu and Kargan. We get a real encaps uh, real nice glimpse of that. Okay, I'm gonna read the verse again if you have any questions or comments. If you, Manu, did not mount your victorious jewel chariot, whose mere presence threatens culprits, wow, just the presence. Like, what do we have now? We have tanks and uh, APCs, armored personnel characters, uh, carriers. That's what we think is. But Mano just with this jeweled chariot. All the, the rogues and rascals are fleeing. If you do not produce fierce sounds by the twanging of your bow, and if you do not roam about the world like the brilliant sun, wow, he's, he's a heavy dude, right? Uh, leading a huge army whose trampling feet caused the globe of the earth to tremble. Wow. Then all the moral laws governing the varnas and ashrams created by the Lord himself will be broken by the rogues and rascals. So he's praising the Chaturya for his doing too. Okay, I have seen the hands. There's one place in Krishna Leela being criticized by the adversaries. By what? Krishna's being criticized by his adversaries who say, we don't even know what caste you are. Sishupa. First you're a coward boy, a yeah. Vaishya, now you're a king with a big army. I mean, who are you? Sishupa. So, so Krishna is, yes, he's completely transcendent.
Yeah. Yeah, look, he's a, what is he? He's a cowherd boy? Now he's a, who is he? He thinks he's a prince now? What is this guy, you know? Yeah, very good. Practical. And that insult, Vishwanath is actually appraised. Like you said, he's beyond it. <laughs> he can act anyway. I did see Divya. Well, and also the talks with Rukmini and Krishna, you know, with the talks with Krishna and Rukmini, he oh. said, you know, I'm not qualified, I'm mine, I'm just, you know, and then she said, yeah, you're right, you are, you know, this is just... Yeah, that's right, he was trying, he was having fun with her. Right. <laughs> you don't want to marry me. I'm not very reputable. Yes? Um, you were talking about how without Varnasham Dharma, and they weren't even aware of that there's 400,000 species of, of humans, but really we're probably more on, you know, closer to the monkey. <laughs> and who was it that said, um, what do you, someone's asking, uh, what do you think about American civilization? No, that was, that was that's Gandhi. What do you think of Western civilization? Yeah, what do you yeah, think Western about civilization. I think it would be a good idea if they got civilized. In other words, that was the purport of the remark. I don't know if they caught it, but he's very clever. <laughs> That's why Churchill hated Gandhi. That naked little fakir. <laughs> fakir meaning, uh, it's a Muslim term. For, uh, what does it mean? Fakir? Mendicant. Yeah, that naked. Figure. It's just a figure. yeah. Right. That naked little. Because <laughs> he was losing, he was losing his empire. Because of Gandhi, actually, it was both. But. Okay, now we have Ganga Matri Sabu. I'm wondering if you could, uh, I have an idea, but I'm not, I can't articulate it clearly, but the idea of the caste, you know, the, um, by birth, you're designated, which we always say, according to that verse, it's by your, your qualities and your work. Yeah. But I remember when we were in Mayapur, we were, when we were studying this, it really sort of came out that, not your pigeonhole, that sounds a little negative, but you are taking birth according to your previous desires, right. and so on. So, Barnum is the color. Your consciousness is colored by certain modes of nature. So is the idea that it's not just your family, because you could... Yeah, because Prabhupada would always say, just because you're born in the family of a doctor doesn't mean you're a doctor, you have to go through the training. But we are, by our birth, by the modes of nature. So we are sort of, by our birth, designated in the Varnashram section, but it's not solely by the birth, but you are sort of... Yeah, you know, we you take a birth the, according to our how we've associated with the modes of nature. Purushat Prakriti Stoni. Now, now then, Bhaktivedipurta Swami, and maybe you had also, I think, said that when we talk about Brahminical culture, we don't mean by Varna everybody's going to be a Brahmin. You mean just, in spiritual life? Yeah, yeah. 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 Because the idea that, because that was sort of like the day, in the earlier days of ISKCON, everybody wanted to be, quote-unquote, a Brahmin. As Prabhupada said, by Varna. want to put a head back in society, so we're going to make yeah. you better than Brahmin. So, but now, it, you know, it just seems, and then Prabhupada shifted, and he said, well, we can see that they're not. So, it, in a sense, though, it, it, if someone's not taking birth with that sattva goon, now is that, but we're just talking about the Varna side, or is it the Guna side that we can come to the mode of goodness through the practice of regulated life and so on, but you're never going to necessarily pop out of your Varna according to your birth. Like, you're, you're, aren't you, is that correct? That you're really... Yeah, by and large. Just like uh, Prabhupada always said, uh, Arjuna was a Chaitriya. And uh, by birth... But also he had training. He had training uh, from... Yeah, he was... Krishna, by addressing Arjuna in different ways, by, from his father's side and from his mother's side, he was always reminding Arjuna, look, you come from uh, nobility. And, 
noblesse oblige, to whom much is given, much is expected. Uh, so you have to, both from the, your father's side and your mother's side, your father's Indra, your mother's Kunti, you're from warrior stock, you know, you've got to do your duty. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, by and large, the spiritual master, as, as we hear from Srila Prabhupada, uh, it's his duty to actually identify the, the nature of the disciple, his spirit, as he says in his purport to 4836. It's the duty of the guru to identify the, the spirit, and he means the modes, the nature. And that he's using spirit in the, in the sense of nature, the nature, so that he can um, actually do what he's supposed to do in, in Krishna's grand scheme of things. He can act in the proper way according to Krishna's plan. Now there is a stage, as Prophet says in his purport to 231, where if one, yeah, here we go, hey, I meant to read this, I guess. Turn right to it. Famous verse. Oh no, this isn't the... Anyway, as Krishna says, considering your specific duty as a Chaitriya, this is Krishna preaching to Arjuna on the basis of uh, ordinary Varnashram, actually. Uh, text 31 through 38. He's just talking to him. He, he, from all angles, he's trying to convince Arjuna to, to fight. And this is just, look, you're a Chaitriya, you're a fighter. Considering your specific duty as a Chaitriya, you should know that there is no better engagement for you than fighting on religious principles. And so there's no need for hesitation. And in the purport, Prabhupada just starts talking about Varnashram. You know, Brahmas, Chaitriyas, Vaishya, Shudras. And then toward the end, right two sentences in, he says Varnashram... Oh, here it is. Okay. There are two kinds. So, so Krishna is preaching to Arjuna on the basis of his duty. And then Prabhupada makes a distinction here. There are two kinds of swadharmas or specific duties. As long as one is not liberated, one has to perform the duties of his particular body in accordance with religious principles in order to achieve liberation. So we have to act according to the nature we have. And because our nature and Kali is all mixed up, it's the, it's the duty of the spiritual master to identify that nature, what you, how you can best contribute to the Hare Krishna movement. <laughs> That's, I mean, practically how it translates in our day. Um, when one is liberated, one's Swadharma, now when one is beyond the modes of nature, one's Swadharma, uh, specific duty, becomes spiritual and is not in the material bodily concept. In the bodily conception of life, there are specific duties for the Brahmins and Chaturias respectively, and such duties are unavoidable. Swadharma is ordained, ordained by the Lord, and this will be clarified in the fourth chapter. On the bodily plane, Swadharma is called Varnashram Dharma. So, that's, we have to get aboard. So we are, we're not so advanced and great, so we start acting according to our nature. Or, here it is, or man's stepping stone for spiritual understanding. Human civilization begins from the stage of Varnashram Dharma, or specific duties, in terms of the specific modes of nature of the body obtained. Discharging one specific duty in any field of action in accordance with the orders of higher authorities serves to elevate one to a higher status of life. Okay. I was looking for the line, I guess it's in succeeding purports, where, you know, when you're liberated, you can act in any position. You can act as a Brahmin, a Chhatri, a Vaisha, you know, for, according to the need according to what Krishna wants you to do. So, uh, it just depends on our position, our situation, and it depends uh, on the order of the spiritual master. Kali Yuga, as Bhaktivinoda Thakur would say, uh, no matter, if the only way 
to go back to God is to chant, 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 nasteva, 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 under the guidance of a spiritual master, regardless of your varna and ashram. And that's why Prabhupada said, I always bring this up in the uh, Valentine's Day conversations in 1977, uh, there's no need to, you know, make someone a Brahmin if, if he's actually a Shudra, if he's a Vaishnav, and if he's following the orders of the spiritual master, he can do his Shudra duties and go back to Godhead. So that's the kind of culture we're interested in, the spiritual culture. But, yeah, in any given population group, including this kind, very few people are going to be priests and teachers. So, that's so right. So we just surrender to Krishna in whatever capacity we can serve, and we go back to that. All right. Srila Prabhupada, Ki Jai. Then we're more than brother, we're